It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure, as always, to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, best-selling author, speaker, and consultant. And I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing, as you probably all know far too well by now. Uh, last week, we looked at the world of fire protection online, a niche business in the UK looking after all your fire protection product needs. Well, this year, we're, this week even, we're going to a very much non-niche business on the opposite side of the world. So let me introduce you to today's special guest. Sean Sinvertney is the CEO of Australia's favourite online retailer, the marketplace MyDeal. They aim to offer the best products and services to their customers at the lowest possible prices. Over 20,000 SKUs span 900 different product categories and they're on track in 2016 to hit a $30 million turnover. That's with 300% year-on-year growth. Now, as well as running my deal, Sean is also busy creating other in- innovative services to help Australian SMEs get online. Hi, Sean. How are you, Chloe? Thank you for having me. I'm good, and it's great to have you on. I think everyone's just busy taking in those numbers I've just run through from your your rather fantastic business. So, can you, whilst they're digesting all of that, can you tell us a little bit about how you personally got started off in the world of e-commerce? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... MyDeal.com.au is my third business. Prior to that, uh, I had two other businesses. One was a uh, DineWine function publication. It was more like a yellow pages for nightclubs and bars and restaurants. And uh, after that, I began uh, another online directory, very similar industry, again, sort of help people to uh, find nightclubs and bars and restaurants. And uh, throughout those businesses, I got the opportunity to sit down with many small to medium enterprise, uh, small business owners, pretty much trying to sell them advertising. Uh, so over a period of three years, I would say I had to at least you know, six, 600, 700 face-to-face meetings and wow. got a really good insight about you know, how they run their businesses and the struggles that they are coming, uh, coming across their daily basis. And the more the more I spend time with them, more I realize that these people are very good at running what they do, uh, you know, running a restaurant or running a bar, um, but, you know, had very, very limited knowledge about, you know, online marketing, social media, SEO, uh, and that type of stuff. And the same, the, this is around 2010, 2011, where if you, you might recall, there's a big bubble happening with the group buying. And uh, Groupon refused her a five billion dollar takeover offer from Google, you know. So uh, I was I started researching into this a little bit more, and actually to this group buying model. And uh, there was, and it, it was actually helping businesses to uh, attract massive volume of customers at a one time. So and I and I and I saw this uh, good. It's not a gap. It's sort of a way of helping connecting um, uh, audience with these businesses, and uh, and then when I sit with these small business owners, I also realize uh, that that sometimes there's all this massive traffic that you know this group buying websites um, getting through the door, leave it a bad taste of mouth because they can't really uh, cater these massive influxes of um, 
Traffic. Do, do, do you uh, are you familiar with the group buying uh, way of employed? Did that happen in UK at all? We we didn't have as much of it as you had in Australia, but we had a certain amount, and we still have um, kind of. It's almost. I always, always think this is quite similar to group buying in the, the secret sale websites. You know, when you sign up and a certain product goes on sale for just a couple of days. So we have that kind of consolidated purchasing, but but the group buying piece n- not as big over here. Yeah. So back in yeah, back in 2010-2011, it was massive in Australia itself. There's about 50-60 sites came out from nowhere because it's um, and but we, the, the more that I start talking to the uh, business owners, more realize it's actually doing a lot of bad than good with these vouchers and coupons. But it's all it's also helping them to attract the customers. So what I did was we went back to the drawing board and sort of see how we can fix this issue. Uh, rather than giving them a fish, uh, you know how to uh, how 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 to teach them how to fish. Mm-hmm. This is a good, good quote. So basically, um, based on experience, what we end up is we end up building a, a platform that help businesses to you know sell list their products and services uh, online very very effectively, and that slowly became uh, mydeal.com.au, and uh, and so. What what ended up happening was this um, this businesses actually started listing a couple of products on the website, and we will have them on the website as long as they have the stock, and uh, and it, it it used to work for them. And from there onwards, slowly, you know, now we have one thousand suppliers plugged into our portal that uh, allows us to have about twenty five thousand SKUs uh, spread across nine hundred categories. So pretty much anything you desire, anything you look for, you can find. At a one destination, you know, it's so it has, um, it's gone really, you know, gangbusters. I would say. I love the fact that although you've the businesses you've run have been quite disparate, quite different, the yeah. the the theme within them is that you've been trying to find ways to help other businesses connect with more consumers in one way or another, and it's it's interesting because we had. Um, another marketplace guru like yourself on a couple of weeks back uh, called Matt Brady, who was a founder of Just Eat, which is like a takeaway um, ordering yep. service in the UK. And he's also now doing this, trying to do the same thing for the hairdressing market. And his yep. key thing about building marketplaces was look after your supplier side first and the customers will come. And it's really interesting for me to hear you essentially saying the same thing. We looked at what the supplier side needed and built something to serve their needs. And that's where the business and the growth has come from. That, that's really correct. See, uh, the marketplace are very hard to get off the ground. Oh, yeah. But if you lay the right, correct foundation, you know, as the time goes by, it becomes stronger and stronger and become this very powerful ecosystem. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's literally, you know, getting that very essential building blocks correctly because you have to have two sides. You have to have the supplier side and you have to have the consumer side. So it's very difficult uh building this both sides because one cannot exist without another. So there's a, there's a tremendous energy, focus, effort needs to go in the first couple, two, three years to build it, to make sure that the both sides exist. And once you get that uh, correct, you, you know, things start to happen really, really fast. You, you really um, have to hold on to the belief, don't you, through those difficult years. It's like, yeah, we're doing the right thing. This is going to work. This is going to work. It's all going to be great. We're doing the right things. And just keep absolutely. believing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, if, and, uh, oh, sorry, carry is, on. And it is a lot of problem solving. It, it, it is lots, lots of problem solving. 
Well, if anyone wants to listen to the, the Matt Bradley interview, you can catch that on episode 67. But what I want to do now, Sean, is find out a little bit more about how your business is right now, because you're, you're in Australia now. Are you selling all over the world or are you purely focusing on the Australian market? No, at the moment, Chloe, we're only Australian based and uh, we only sell into Australian market. And your suppliers, are they only Australian businesses or have you also got businesses from all over the world using you as a way to access the Australian consumer? Now, at the moment, our suppliers also based in Australia as well, because we do very thorough due diligence at the moment before we plug in suppliers and before we acquire them, just to make sure that we have very high standards of customer service and making sure that the goods can arrive to the customers on the certain uh, certain time and uh, certain time, so yeah, because of all that, uh, and we're just trying to stick to all Australian suppliers at the moment. Excellent. I, I always like this. Like we've got to stick to this until we've got the model absolutely perfect, and then we'll consider our next move. It's That's right. you you can lose an awful lot of my momentum by trying to tick lots and lots of different boxes and not getting the the essential parts right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And. The, the team, how many of you are there running this this business? Because I imagine there's there's more than a few. Yeah, at the moment we have uh, 30 uh, and we rec- we're still recording uh, every day. Very recently I hired our, our first full-time HR person because, you know, there's always hiring. I think we're adding about two to three people the last couple of months itself. And uh, so these 30 people consist of, you know, supply acquisitions, account management, uh, people that help suppliers to establish in the platform and then goes to our tech development team because all our infrastructure tech it's all in-house we don't outsource anything mm-hmm. at the moment and then we have a marketing team that goes into you know uh, paid paid ppc seo uh, which is search engine optimization which is our content team and a newsletter marketing team and it goes to our custom support and operations so that those are the you know um and uh, yeah, those are the people that we have, currently about 30 people, yeah. So I'm guessing that, that due to the, the, the quite small size of your team for running yeah. such a large turnover business, that the majority of the customer service is handled by the, the, the product suppliers themselves? Uh, no, no, we, oh. we do all that. So our customer service people, we have about five, five people working the customer service. The, the beautiful thing is we invest so much time into our infrastructure and, and technology and order fulfillment that less than 2% of the customers actually end up becoming a customer service issue. And once once that happens, we act as the, the middle party, uh, making sure the you know, customers get looked after, you know, to, uh, to, to the absolute, absolute best. And that's something that we want to control and we want to have. And actually, that's what something separates us from the rest of the marketplaces that we take the final... Uh, ownership of the customer experience hence why you you check very thoroughly all those suppliers before you allow them onto the platform absolutely absolutely and um in the um this day of an age anyone who's trying to build an e-commerce business my my advice is you know back in the stone age you know you can do a lot of marketing or advertising uh, who you are and what you're going to do but this day if a cost if you leave a bad taste at the customer's mouth you know, they just all they have to do is, you know, access their mobile phone and there you go. You know, they can tell the rest of the world. So, uh, so the custom experience, being able to control that is, is, is a must, I would say. Yeah. So the way you've controlled that experience is by getting the right products and therefore suppliers onto the platform and then really just tweaking the tech to make sure it works as smoothly as possible. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. A lot of due diligence when, before you plug in a supplier, how long they've been around for, what kind of reviews and feedbacks they have themselves, and, you know, trying them with a few of the products in the beginning and slowly opening up the the gates, you know, once we uh, once we feel safe and secure, all that ends up. If if it's a lot of the products go through our testing team as well, we all, we we get them we get them um, in house to see. So there's there's a there's a big checklist of diligence before before we uh, before we go ahead and um, yeah do that. And also one of the things is that now we as we get bigger and bigger, we get more and more data driven. So it's it's more like we do our own research as well. What are the products and what are the brands? What are suppliers and we should be going talking to and acquire to the marketplace as well. Ah, oh, so you're, you're looking for gaps in the product offering and then finding the right people to solve those. Correct, correct, yep. So we use Google Trend quite a lot. You know what people are typing in the Google, you know, mm-hmm. if there's a certain brand, if there's a certain demand. So rather than just, I, I, I call them, you know, rather, rather than just a machine gun approach, more sniper approach, which means just, Look what's actually working. Look where the gaps are, you know. And you'll, you'll be surprised, you know. We we sell a lot of machinery equipment, post hole diggers, you know, sand blasters, grease guns, things like that. Where, where we identify there's a, you know, where we can get an easy conversion, uh, easy con- uh, quite easy conversion against her, you know. For example, uh, a watch or a rug kind of thing, you know. So there there are a lot of those. Uh, there are untapped markets or, uh, you know, the people that hasn't really um, uh, looked at, they're, they're trying to identify those gaps in the market very, very quickly and looking at the data and connecting them with the demand out there. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I love that phrase you used, um, the sniper effect rather than the machine gun effect. That's, that's such a good way of quickly getting the point across of we're going to find the areas we need to focus on, not just try and do everything. Yes. And um, you mentioned that within your marketing team, you've got a content team. Now, do they create kind of the product page information um, or is that something you leave to your suppliers to look after? No, we actually control most of the content means like what decide what goes on the website, especially if we have 25,000 products that go in every single day. It's really important to decide what you're going to put on the home page, on the on, on the main pages. So it probably goes into research again what people typing on our search uh, search okay. uh, search engine and uh, see uh, seasonality. So winter's coming up in Australia. So if you look at our site, I think a lot of the heaters and things going to go out there, uh, outdoor heaters, things like that. And then the content people also uh, we we send about quarter of a million emails a day. Uh, to our wow. database, but yeah, that's quite, that's quite a lot of emails. Just a few. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, you know, identify you know what to put on those emails, and then uh, we have our we have our blog on the website as well. That trying to add values and decision making, and um, also you know just just giving advice uh, to the consumers as well. You know, depending on some products, what they're looking for, brands and things like that. Um, because on, online online shopping is obviously growing everywhere, especially in Australia itself. But more and more people are buying online. But you know, sometimes you you hear a lot of the horror stories where people buy things and uh, you know they never arrive. You know, and mm-hmm. um, and fraud as well. Uh, if if you're trying to open up an e-commerce store and if you start get bigger and bigger, these are the things that you have to factor in. I think one one or two out of um, 
10 iPhones that selling online uh, could be fraud. So we have an internal fraud team itself looking at every purchase to making sure they're, uh, they're legitimate uh, purchases. Wow. Things like that. Yeah. So the the um, the product page copy, you know, the product description, the photography, that's supplied by the suppliers of the products themselves. That is correct. And that's that's obviously a really important part of getting the customer service right. So how do you make sure that they're they're not just putting up it's a leaf blower with a picture of a, a terrible photo of a leaf blower? How do you how do you maintain that control over such a wide set of products? Yep. So in the end of the day, they just before it actually goes out on the website, it goes through a lot of testing, a lot of reading, copy, approving the images. That's how we actually maintain that uh, uniform look throughout the website itself. I mean, if you compare to a few of the other uh, marketplace websites, that we have that uniform feeling because we, in the end of the day, we say approve all, we need to, someone needs to approve all the images that are going through and read all the content and copy that goes through. And if, if, if a particular product required more information, we'll request the more information from the supplier. And uh, for, and making sure that picture on the color of the, the the couch or whatever it is, it is exactly that. So uh, so we have a team that's that I call the, the team that I mentioned that's setting up the suppliers on the website. They actually read these these copies and make sure those pictures actually represent what it is. Most of the time, we we, we start small with the suppliers, so we build these relationships and know who they are. And also in the marketplace, there are if especially items that are greater than $250 or $300 that we need to put a lot more effort in to see that, to make sure that it is actually what it is. Because if, if someone to spend $300 online, they do a lot of research before that. I'm pretty sure you yourself, mm-hmm. if you're trying to buy a vacuum cleaner or a desk or a couch, uh, and if you're looking to spend more than $300, you probably do a little bit more research online yourself, especially these days, shopping comparison sites, Google Shopping, there are a lot of, other avenues available to compare the same product that it is what it is, uh, that kind of thing. So all that will happen, um, yeah, in-house. Excellent. Well, I think a really big takeaway for everybody out there, if you're listening to this, is that if you think putting one line of copy and quickly taking a photo and chucking it up on your site is good enough, it really isn't because Sean's got, got his team proofreading and checking everything before they allow it to go go live, which just shows you how in, critically important getting that product page right really is. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, I can add some more to that. Oh, yeah, please do. Yeah. So so once we have this product page, we look at how many uh, people look at that particular page. So the next job is to actually getting the eyeballs into this listing page of the product page. And if, for example, if, if, if we get 100 eyeballs or 100 people looking at this particular product, and if it's not converting, then definitely something's wrong. So then we look at, again, we look at the pricing. If the pricing is not great, is it the delivery? Is it the content? Is it the image or is it something else that turning turning it off? Because in the end of the day, if, if you have an e-commerce website, you should look at what's your conversion rate for the entire website itself and product pages itself. So uh, so all, all those elements. So again, we have a copyright team in-house that go and probably re-optimize the, the title to make it, you know, to make more sense. Uh, yeah, so in order to get, get that purchasing decision, you need to be able to clearly demonstrate what the product is and what the customers are, what the customers are getting and receiving and, uh, yeah, all, all, all that. 
So it, it is not as simple as taking a picture and putting it on the website. No way. No. I, I love that. One of the most frequent questions I get asked is, what's a good e-commerce conversion rate? And I'm like, well, there isn't one. Because usually I use the example of the fact, well, your traffic from Google converts at this, your traffic from AdWords converts at that, your email traffic could, should convert higher. So if you change the mix of the traffic any given week, then it's going to change your overall conversion rate. So there isn't a conversion rate. And it's exactly right what you're saying about the fact, actually, the conversion rate per product page can change as well. So you've really got to get down into the nitty gritty to find the holes and the problems and fix them. So I think I think it's fantastic for everybody to hear from such a big retailer such as yourself, how how important it is to focus on those little details like product headlines. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I would say it's all in the details, especially if you expect a customer to reach to their wallet to get their credit card, uh, to be able to punch them in, you need to look at every single thing to make sure that it is what it is. And to give that confidence and the uh, um, confidence uh, for the consumer to, to make their purchasing decision. So your job is to actually make sure to, to help them to make that purchasing decision accurately as possible. Because as a consumer these days, you have many options where you want to spend your dollar and why they should spend your dollar with you. You know, that's if, if, if you don't get the details correct, you know, they would rather go spend that money somewhere else. I could not have put that better myself. So, Sean, we've just dived into kind of a lot of the things that are going on in the business. But out of everything that's going on at mydeal.com.au, what do you think is the most awesome thing about it right now? I would say the uh, the momentum. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, it is quite awesome, but it, it, it's also... To, to be really kind of honest, you know, building a business takes a lot out of you, okay? And uh, so it's, it's all about, you know, finding great people to work with that have that share your passion and the energy uh, and being able to, uh, yeah, move from one day to the next, you know, uh, solving problems and uh, and keeping up with the keeping up with the growth, Chloe, right now. So we are, we are one of the fastest growing online marketplaces in Australia. And uh, and also, we have zero inventory at the moment. So it's it's all about you know building the right processes uh, and systems and processes and um, yeah and making sure that we scale the business to keep up with the demand in in, in the marketplace. So uh, so basically, how I do is you know I, I come to work, build marketing, build our marketing strategies, work with our you know search engine optimization team, our search engine team our content team, our newsletter team. But for the last last three months, I've actually focused on back in operations, making sure our operations and systems and processes scaling up to keep up with the demand. Because uh, And then go back. Once I'm confident, we have the right staff, right amount of staff to look after our customers, look after our suppliers and all that. I, then I go back and push marketing again. And now, especially coming up to the, uh, you know, um, other half the year, second half the year, you know, we just got to make sure all the all the right elements are in place to, you know, for the Christmas. Yeah, and it's going to be crazy times again. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the um it's the interesting part of it, isn't it? It's kind of the blessing and the curse of being the marketplace owner is that when you've got this fantastic growth happening, usually for an e-commerce business, the biggest problem with growth is that, you know, product supply and delivery because that's the the really hard to scale part of any business is that side of things but of course that's out of your hands to the greater extent so 
the the opportunity for screwing up with a customer delivery and stock availability and, and not coping with the demand is actually out there with your suppliers. So I think it's great to hear that you're you're spending so much time focusing on making sure you've got enough people in place to help them out. So I suppose the, yeah. the, the blessing being it's not your problem, but the curse being that it, it is your problem. It is. It, it, it absolutely is because at the end of the day, we want to make sure, you know, that that birthday gift arrives, that gift arrived, you know, whatever it is. More, like one of our most popular items uh, on the website is bed frames, for example. We, we really? Sell, yeah, I think we sell over, over a quarter of a million dollars worth of bed frames a month. So you know, if, if when someone's order a bed frame or a mattress, which means that there's an absolute necessity, so we do our utmost best to make sure these orders are get delivered on time and accurately, you know, it is, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's not just about selling the product and getting the money back, you know, getting the money into the account. It's really about fulfilling that order and leave a good taste with the customer that they will recommend you and come back. So we, we track things like what is our average lifetime value of the customer, you know, and if they buy a mattress once we deliver them and once they, obviously once they got them, we all, we also recommend them through our software platforms, you know, how about a pillow? How about a mattress topper? How about some quilts? You know, so it's really about, you know what I mean? It's really about getting that trust, uh, getting that trust from the customer by delivering it on time and then being able to get them that low buying that loyalty. Because in, in e-commerce, Chloe, the, to, to get the law, it, getting customer loyalty is very, very difficult. It, it is, isn't it? You've got it. There's so many boxes you have to tick to make sure you've got the loyalty. And it's just so easy to accidentally get something wrong and destroy all the good work that you've done. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sean, I think it's time we move into the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would say uh, Good to Great from Jim Collins. So oh, it's a really good book. Brilliant book. Yes. I Absolutely. Was... I love Jim Collins. <laughs> When you were talking about about the uh, the machine guns and the snipers, I was thinking about bullets and cannonballs, which is yeah. uh, I think that's one of the bits out of that one of his books, isn't it? Hundred percent, I think so. Yes. Ah, excellent recommendation. Okay, so the traffic top tip: which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I believe the um, the organic traffic. With the, with the SEO, um, it's uh, usually when you, when you start up an e-commerce business, obviously traffic plays a uh, very big role. In the beginning, the quickest way to acquire traffic is through the paid method. But while you're acquiring that traffic, you need to lay the groundwork, which is organic, which will take a bit of time to fluster. But uh, yeah, so I would say SEO, organic traffic. What's your number one tip for someone who's about to start focusing on SEO? What's the first thing they should do or most important thing they should do? Getting the getting the content and your keyword strategy and all the basic site architecture correct in a way that uh, people itself understand how the site works. Uh, because if if you're actually um, talking about e-commerce, for example, you know, making sure that the content itself is about e-commerce uh, and some basic things that you can do. And there's a lot of help available these days if you just type those things to Google itself. Uh, you know how to you know build a SEO friendly website. Yeah, because you can you can do all the uh, all the link building and all the awareness building you like, but if the site people are getting to and the site you're trying to get the search engines to pay attention to doesn't do the right job, then 
the other stuff yeah. just really isn't going to work. That, that, that's great. Yes, yeah, so site architecture will be the, I would say, glory to number one, yeah. And now, Sean, your tool top tip. This might be a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? We use um, a lot of tools, but one of the, this is not a very, exactly the, the deliver to the business, but I use an app called TripIt. When, we, when you travel, it's quite handy to uh, make sure that you can carry your itineraries and everything in a single app. Uh, TripIt is the, it's, it's the app. So I use that quite a lot. Uh, to, to the day-to-day business, we use a lot of the um, cloud technologies these days, things like Google Docs and everything. They're most common. So, yeah. Oh, cool. And TripIt, so do, do you, you can literally just put all the details of your flights, your trains, your hotels, and it just keeps it all in one place? Yes. All you got to do is just forward to one email. So it's organized all the meetings and everything. So it's when you're, when you're traveling on meetings, the meetings, especially international or interstate, that just keeps your schedule. It's like a pretty much a PA for you. Yeah. Oh, nice. I might have to take that one on board myself. I always seem to be traveling somewhere. That sounds quite handy. Excellent. Uh, The startup top tip next then. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Look, it's uh, e-commerce is a very tough business. It's just you you, you need to make sure you identify a certain gap in the the market. Uh, And um, it's, it's really, really important that you, you have a very clear, unique selling proposition or, um, to, or that, that to understand rather than trying to go and, um, sell something online. If you're actually trying to build a business, identify some sort of a gap that where you can really fill, uh, fill in with. So, uh, it is, it is, it is, it is tough territory. There are a lot of bigger players in the market that, that with big, deeper pockets. Uh, if you're trying to uh, make us make make it as a hobby, it is fine. But if you're thinking of serious business, you have to put some serious thought into it and and identify a niche or a gap in order to succeed. Succeed, I'd say. Well, Masterplan World, you can find those fantastic top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash seventy four. Now, Sean, before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. So we are an e-commerce website, so you can go to mydeal.com.au in social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can search for MyDeal Australia and you can find us. Excellent. Well, I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 74, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Sean, thank you so much for giving us a really interesting insight, both to the world of the e-commerce marketplace and with some fantastic tips for all of us, no matter how big or small our e-commerce business. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you for having me again. What a fascinating chat with Sean there, both to to learn about the inner workings of such a huge marketplace, but also to to see, get his tips and tricks on improving the conversion rates with those product pages. It's such a, and then his, his customer service ideas as well, because the kind of the key thing is it it's all the stuff that all of us can do, even with the smallest of sites. 
And so it, it really does show that, that e-commerce, it's all about getting that scale and getting that traction. A key thing that, that Sean just added um, after we finished recording there is that this is a bootstrapped business. So mydeal.com.au hasn't done funding runs. It's purely been uh, built from investment from the money it's made. So every pound they spend has to make its money back, which just makes the whole story even more impressive in my mind. Well, if you want to know more about how to improve your customer service or how to go about getting better emails or better product pages, all of that's covered in my brand new book, uh, Customer Manipulation, which was published earlier this year. You can get it on all the Amazon platforms. And if you want to try a chapter for free before you start, then just head over to customermanipulation.com. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.